0: Ronan Hatful, doctoral student at the University of Warwick in England, we've chatted with him before on the podcast, has been doing some pioneering scholarly work um, writing his dissertation on the Reduced Shakespeare Company. It is now complete. He has turned it in. Ronan, can I finally call you Dr. Hatful?
1: No, you can't.
0: Damn it! (laughs) Ronan Hatful is a doctoral student at the University of Warwick in England, and just last week, after we recorded this conversation, his pioneering dissertation called The Other RSC, The History and Legacy of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, was accepted as partial fulfillment of the requirements for his Doctor of Philosophy degree. Ronan and I chatted a few weeks ago, again, after he'd finished it and turned it in, but before he had successfully defended it, which he did last week and we talked about what discoveries he made in his research and the writing of his dissertation and what, if anything, might come next. How did it go? You've now finished, you've now finished your dissertation, you've turned it in, are you happy with the work or or like many writers, have you not finished it, you've merely temporarily abandoned your great work? (laughs)
1: Um, I hadn't actually thought about it that way. That's actually a really good. This is quite therapeutic, Austin. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm really happy with it. Um, I really, really. Not actually, um, I've, I've not actually, I've not kind of taken the opportunity to read it back since I handed it in um, from cover to cover yet. Because I was a bit scared of doing that. And also I felt like I needed some space from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really like having space from it because it's kind of all, all I want to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. um so yeah, no, I'm really happy with it I, I I think it's really I think I managed in the end to um, focus on on the kind of various strands of of the company's output um, with fairly like equal amounts of attention. Um, really, the kind of the biggest thing at the end um, was was making sure that the long lost chapter was 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 as kind of as as well written and as weighty and as kind of representative of the play as I wanted it to be because really it was it was probably the hardest chapter to write actually
0: is that because it's the most recent work and and you just have you've had less time to stew on it the complete works has been around for decades
1: um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But it's also but in a funny kind of a way. I have more, I have much more, uh, I've, I've, I've lived with long, I felt in my head, like I've lived with long lost and the idea of studying long lost for a lot longer than anything else in, because I, I mean, I was going back over, over just kind of when I was trying to gather content, going over like our first interviews like, in 2015 mm-hmm. and quite quickly, and you kind of, you said, I think you said this to me before, but quite quickly you said, you said, oh, we're doing this new play. And immediately I was like, that's what I want to write about. Not that I didn't want to write about complete works or the radio show or anything else, but that Long Lost felt like, well, it's obviously exciting for a scholar to write about something that nobody else has written about. Mm-hmm. So there's something very attractive about that. But also I just felt like with all the kind of fan fiction stuff that i've kind of got to know more about throughout this process that long lost really just sat in that so nicely and that it was really yeah it was it was really kind of rewarding at the end to see it as a proper kind of i don't know like a uh, comprehensive look at maybe not the entire history of the company because obviously i've ignored i mean that some of your other plays are mentioned Mm -hmm. um i just couldn't i just didn't have room to mention them in extensive detail um but yeah it felt like i feel i feel like if i'd just kind of done a, don't know a short coda on long lost and focused on because you know you could do i think i probably could have done a whole thesis focusing on one or the other on complete works or long lost but but you need i think I think what I think a thesis on sorry if this is sounding too like existential, but I think a thesis on complete works alone would feel like I was kind of retreading stuff. Not that not that people have already done because nobody's written anything about it of any extensive note. Um, but the, but that it would feel less original. Um, and equally, if I just did something on long lost and not complete works, I'm sure that readers would be like, "Well, why isn't he kind of looking at?" The play that that kicked the company off, and that most people know you know well that... it's interesting
0: i mean you when you first reached out in twenty fifteen you said you wanted i mean you've called the the title of it is the other r s e is which is a great title but um but also you reached out and 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 it, it feels like in writing long lost, we gave you an ending, you know we yeah. gave you book it en- complete works and long lost as the book ends to this current work of this current work.
1: Yeah, it was just, I mean, it's just good time. It was just, you know, really good timing. Um, timing. And if if I'd got in touch with you, I guess, a couple of years earlier, um, then yeah, I'd have probably, I I might've, I guess I might've done it about comedy and that would have, I'm sure been really interesting, but it would have been a different, less Shakespeare focused thesis. You right. held up the thesis so I could see it, and it's massive, so it's, it's, <laughs>
0: yeah. it's funny to think about there not being room for things you want to talk about.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, how many words is it? It is, I'm um, just, hang on, it's this is in this box, because I had to, I, you have to give your word count. Right, so of course you do. So seven, it's So almost 80,000 words. That's the limit. You can't go over 80,000. All right. That's the limit.
0: Um, and has it become did it did it end up the thing you thought you were going to be writing? Well, I guess. Uh, and then I ask that question on two levels. Where, mm. Did you cover everything you wanted to cover? And mm. did you discover things in the writing and the thinking of, of it of our work that you hadn't considered before?
1: um yeah that's a really good questions um yeah i mean i was discovering stuff like right up until the last moment but like for instance i realized in in the like i mean maybe maybe the penultimate day of handing it in and obviously i was still like I, this was editing i wasn't planning to add anything new but i think i was looking at the um record of of how often how how like it like be trying to be more precise about how often complete works um has been performed hmm. um like regionally in the states and in the end i didn't include like and, it, and i went on the um broadway what's it what's all your plays published under i uh broadway, broadway publishing, publishing yeah. inc yeah and obviously that gave me like not precise statistics because i had to go through them and count one two and that took forever um um and in the end i and, and, and like so initially i was like maybe i need some more statistical evidence to back up the fact that i'm saying that you know that complete works is a total like Bayomoth and one of the most popular comic plays of the 20th century. But sometimes people won't accept you just say, obviously, they won't accept you just saying that, right. But then I realised that probably say, you know, the amount I'd emphasised how it's been translated and Jess Winfield um, gave me a really useful uh, set of translations um, of how, how often it's been translated into which languages and which territories and so that felt and the fact that it's record breaking never been beaten in the west end um in terms of a comic play those felt like um significant enough things to say without having to say you know in the last 3 years right. it's been it's been performed x many times cuz clearly it's going to be performed many many more times but what did come out of that that then went into the thesis was that and i and actually it was something i think you may you probably had already said Um, and that I just hadn't picked up on um, was the fact that um, one of the really interesting threads and something I didn't expect to look at as much as I did was how in, in long lost, there was this, this drive to try and give greater representation to the female characters. And by extension, um, you know, you know, the potential that, that the RSC's plays might be more, more widely performed by non-three-man companies, mm-hmm. and then I specifically realised about the the chi- uh, the Shakespeare um, company, and that's an all-female company doing right. Long Lost. But yeah, so that's a specific discovery.
0: I'm Adam Long, and you're listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast. Oh, yes. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Our last performance of 2018 is this Sunday, December 23rd, at the Bankhead Theater in Livermore, California. But our performances will pick up again on January 16, 2019, with a week-long run of The Complete Works of William. Shakespeare Abridged Revised at the legendary Bucks County Playhouse in New Hope, Pennsylvania. As always, the very best way to stay up today about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Dr. Ronan Hatful about his successful and unreduced-sounding 80,000-word dissertation about the reduced Shakespeare company. You said you have to think critically about your subject, and obviously you do because you're, you're thinking in a critical academic way, but that also literally means you've got to criticize your subject it's your Yeah. it's your it, it, it you're writing this about this because you like it at the same time you got to poke at it right you got to poke at it and 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 see what's wrong with it that's part of <laughs> your job right
1: yeah totally yeah 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 um yeah and i i mean also i think i i I'll tell you one thing i really um that really changed was initially i kind of i saw like he, I was really interested in, you know, how your relationship with Shakespeare as a company had had Chet had um, had changed. Um, uh, yeah, that, that was my initial perception, and I think I said this to you initially about, you know, oh, you know, the Reduced Shakespeare Company started as parodists, and and now you are kind of practicing homage. But mm-hmm. then the more I spoke to you, and then spoke to you know the others the more one of the things um one of the kind of seminal moments i think was i spoke when i spoke to adam adam about that about that particular uh dichotomy and he said that that actually um he felt as though as though they you know you guys used homage and parody as kind of tools um, within live performance, I think you might have said something similar to me, or something like that, at various points, um, and uh, and that actually, you know, depending on how Shakespeare savvy the audience was, mm-hmm. um, you might the show might play as an homage, um, or you know, or if the if the audience was less kind of was less Shakespeare initiated, it might be more parodic, more mm-hmm. irreverent. That's um, an
0: interesting idea. That 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 yes, whether. Homage or parody is very much in the eye of the beholder.
1: Totally. Yeah. Exactly. You yeah. Know, you can't. Yeah. And and also in the in the eye of the creator, um, because right. But I but
0: we might intend it in one way, and the audience takes it in a different way.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like um. Yeah. Like uh, there's a critic called Linda Hutchin who who wrote a book called Theory of Adaptation, which is all about well, well one of the main arguments of which is that lots of adaptation theorists focus on you know how does the adaptation work from the point of view of the creator and what the creator intends but she looks more heavily at how it's received right which yeah which seems like a really that seems pretty like obvious and i guess that that's maybe more obvious now because people are always you know in the world of youtube videos and comment sections people (laughs) are always like pushing back at the material and commenting and that affects what people create and why they create it. Well, and I think that's a that's
0: um, very much in line with Adam's other line that we quote all the time still, which is that, you know, we we sometimes we'll say something and we think it's a joke and it turns out it's only a sentence.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, Uh, um, yeah. The audience, we've always
0: said that the audience is the f- fourth member of the reduced Shakespeare Company, and, and that's true on such a fundamental level.
1: Well, I mean, one thing I've, I've it's funny you say fourth member, like, that always, to me, like, my ears immediately, that's immediately, like, I, one interesting is that in, in the UK, and I don't know whether there's an American sporting equivalent, but in the UK, um, the crowd at a football match, oh, sure. a, a, a soccer match, is referred to as the fourth man. Yeah. Um, no that's
0: absolutely true um in, in basketball they'll refer to the 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 crowd as the sixth man
1: right yeah, that, yeah. And i i found like a lot of a lot of um yeah a lot of sporting drama analogies um a, a lot across a lot of work, particularly when you're dealing with audiences because like you know Shakespeare's audiences we are led to believe would have been a lot more like you know a rowdy modern sporting audience than you know audiences of the other, the other, other RSC where you sit down, you sit down in the dark and behave yourself and fall asleep. Right. Um, (laughs) Take a 75 pound nap. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe don't put that in a podcast in case I ever want to get employed by them. Um, yeah. Uh, (laughs) so earlier you
0: said, um, you're done with the dissertation. Um, but, um, you're not done with Reduce Shakespeare Company, and honestly, that sounded like a threat. But what what are your what are your next plans? I mean, where do you how do you develop
1: this dissertation into something else? What else? What other plans do you have for the RSC? Well, I, well, the, the well, the first, I guess, the, the basic thing is that I really don't just want this to sit on the University of Warwick's like dissertation shelves. Yeah. Um. That would that would disappoint me and make me sad. Um, I I really want you know I really I really want people to be able to read 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 about it and be able to you know hopefully through my work and obviously this I can't properly understand or know how this might work until I've got feedback from two you know two professionals right. two people who have who've been there and done it um, that'll help. But I do have like strong belief that yeah I mean that's whole you know you guys are uh, you know a 37 a year old theatrical institution and therefore uh, uh, therefore uh, therefore it would seem to me that it's remiss that a book doesn't exist that looks at you guys critically and i clearly clearly i am that sounds incredibly arrogant but i clearly am the person to to, to write that book because i've already written it right <laughs> um, absolutely uh,
0: well, and, and, and you've laid the groundwork, you've laid, you've laid the great uh, academic groundwork for the next scholar that comes along in another 37 years that says, hey, you know, I should write about that company that used to exist a long time ago. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your groundbreaking scholarly work via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me personally on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks as always to Not a Doctor, but he played one in the circus, Matthew Croak. Web services by Ginger Power Limited. Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Terry M. Russell. No reason; it's just random. Special thanks to Adam Long, founding member of the RSC. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 627 1881sts of the Reduced Shakespeare Company.